Before we uh, start the message tonight, we're going to listen to just four minutes of a uh, clip that I had found this week. Uh, this is on relationship and love coming into the holiday season as we start our next chapter, uh, which is going to be relationship. I believe us uh, to be able to get some encouragement out of this clip tonight. And uh, just be open to the Holy Spirit moving before we get started into this. Uh, you just allow the Lord... Just be open enough to allow Him to be able to lead you into what He's desiring for your family for this holiday. Oh, uh, the world, as we know it right now, is a broken place, church. Oh, we're broken people in a broken world. And it's love that changes people. We know that and understand that because of the love that Christ has given us. But the world out there don't know the type of love we've experienced. Oh. How are they ever going to know unless we're able to show them and to be that experience for them? And uh, the holiday season is the best time of the year for us to be that influence. And it doesn't matter, you know, uh, I know some of us have jobs that we work a lot of hours. Some of us have more time, some of us, it doesn't matter what time that you have, where you are, where your feet are each and every day. The moment of the day is we're awake. That's an opportunity to do something for the Lord. Oh, whether it's at our job, whether it's in our home, whether it's ministering to people when we're out in the, in the community, uh, it's about sharing the unconditional love of Christ. Oh, and I believe as we start to learn that more and more, that God's going to bless us this holiday. Especially when we get out of our own self, we get out of our comfort zone, and we can start putting others ahead of ourselves. Oh, and that's kind of a foreign concept in the world right now. Oh, but... Uh, watch this and see, uh, you know, I enjoy it. So I pray you guys enjoy it tonight too. Uh, go ahead, Eddie. Oh, my little peccadilloes. People call these things imperfections, but they're not. Oh, that's the good stuff. You're not perfect, sport. And let me save you the suspense. This girl you met, she isn't perfect either. But the question is whether or not you're perfect for each other. That's the whole deal. don't say rising into love. There is in it the idea of the fall. Taking this ghastly risk is the condition of there being life. You see, for all, life is an act of faith. The moment you take a step, you do so on an act of faith because you don't know that the floor is not going to give under your feet. The moment you take a journey, what an act of faith. Any kind of undertaking in relationship, what an act of faith. You've given yourself up. This is the most powerful thing that can be done. Surrender. See, and love is an act of surrender to another person. Total abandonment. I give myself to you. That's quite mad, because you see, it's letting things get out of control. If I worked on the light, it would take care of the rest. You bring the light in, and that takes away the darkness. And that's love. Love is ultimately light. When you feel love, you feel light. There's a lightness inside. It's a fundamental truth. Love is the strongest force ever. And so I will greet this day with love in my heart. I will greet this day with love in my heart. And I will overcome evil. Self-love is the cure to self-hate. I don't love me until you tell me that you love me. I don't like me until you tell me that you like me. 
Most of the people out here are running around empty. They have no sense of self, no sense of self-love. When I say self-love, it has nothing to do with celebrity, money, materialistic things, and all of the things that your negative mind could probably go to. I love me independent of you loving me. Before you can love someone regardless of their religious beliefs or their political beliefs or their economic status, whatever those things are, you got to not only like you, but you got to love you and you got to fall madly in love with you. We were two completely separate people on two completely separate individual journeys. My happiness was my responsibility. And we decided that we were going to find our individual, internal, private, separate joy. And then we were going to present ourselves to the relationship and to each other already happy. Place the responsibility for your happiness on yourself. I invested too much. I invested too much to quit. I made too many sacrifices to give up. I paid too much. I stood before your mama and your dad and said, till death do us part. If you leave, you will not leave me over the phone or through a letter. I, you will look me in my face and tell me you gone. After I bring you the roses. That if you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, and if you gladly sweat for it and fret for it and plan for it, and lose all your terror of the opposition for it, and if you simply go after that thing that you want with all of your capacity, strength and sagacity, faith, hope and confidence, and stern pertinacity, if neither cold poverty, famish or cold, sickness or pain or body and brain can keep you away from the thing that you want, if darkened and grim, you besiege and beset it, with the help of God you'll get it. kind of a long clip, but I wanted to stop it right there because uh, I believe as uh, the last speaker that was on there was talking about how bad do you want it. He was talking about love, but as we're in starting off this uh, season here, we've been four weeks now, this will be five weeks in Freedom Ministries. Freedom, that's being set free from the power or control of another. This recovery ministry. For those that desire to recover from life-controlling issues, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sexual issues, whether it's anger issues, bitterness issues, resentment issues, it's anything in our life that takes precedence over the power of God being manifested in and through our life. And I know every week as we come in, uh, for for the teaching that we're going to rehearse and we're going to say the same things over and over. Scriptures that you might get tired of, he- of hearing, but it's in that repetitiveness is when we learn and it's how that God helps us to be able to grow. And it's just like we looked at the analogy last week as our minds are sort of like, a, like an onion and it's multi-layered. As each layer is peeled off, there's a fresh level of nastiness underneath that layer. 
And as God has been peeling through the layers of our mind, for those of us that have been engaged in this study, then you've probably experienced over the past month or so some uncomfortable times. Oh, it's, we started out this study, this discipleship, this teaching with forgiveness, which is the foundation work of the cross in our life. We wrote letters. We wrote, those of us that were engaged in that night, we put down in the course of a week's time, those that we were prayerfully seeking for the Lord to help us to be able to forgive from our past. That's a difficult place to come to when you're really engaged. But see, like I said, how bad do you want it? Because if you don't want it bad enough, you won't engage in anything in here. You'll come in every week and sit through a song service and hear me get up here to speak and go home and fall right back into the same bondage and trap that you walked in here with. But the power of God, the God that I serve, is a God that's able to break the stronghold. And that's what my, that's what my job is in this life besides work on the heating and air units as my secular job, is to break the back of the enemy. To tear down the illusion that he has placed these blocks that we have built up over time, these false perceptions of what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. What it looks like to be set free. What it looks like to proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior. What it looks like for us to become a comfortable dwelling place for the Lord to lay His head in every night. And it's as we start to grow together as a church family and a discipleship ministry and a recovery ministry that as we go through the gospel and as we start to uncover and we start to unlock the truth in God's Word of how God has outlined in His Word of how a man or woman is set free. It's when we come into that close proximity together in prayer and meditation, not just on Sunday morning or Sunday night, but throughout the week, we care enough that we're actually engaging in the things that we talk about on Sunday night. Oh, That we're actually putting forth the effort to get into the Word. And we're actually going over these things in mind. We're prayerfully asking and seeking the Lord. Lord, what is it that you're trying to show me? Without that, we will go nowhere. Without that, this time next year, if you're sitting in the house of the Lord and you're still struggling with alcohol, drug addiction, sexual immorality, you will sit in this same seat, in the same condition, if not worse off than what you are right now. Amen? Say, what kind of place did I just walk into, man? This is the reality of truth. See, truth in the Greek, it means... It literally means truth outside of an illusion. It's opposite an illusion. See, truth tears down the illusions of the world. And Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And when He becomes manifested in our life, that's exactly what He does. Is He comes in piece by piece and He starts to remove these perceptions in our mind of what it looks like to be a husband, what it looks like to be a father, what it looks like to be a mother, what it looks like to be a wife, what it looks like to be a good worker, what it looks like to be a minister, what it looks like to be all these things that we want to be with good attached to it. Because see, He is the only thing good in this world. 
We can't ever be good apart from Christ. And all of our efforts in striving to become good ends up in another failed attempt oh, apart from Him. Oh, as we are going to start tonight, we're going to uncover uh, relationships. As we just move through forgiveness, we've, we've walked in and, and moved through some scriptures on obedience, um, thankfulness. And now the fourth part of this teaching is going to be on relationship. Uh, relationship is another key aspect of God's truth that He uses to help build Himself into our life. Uh, the scripture that we're going to be looking at tonight is going to be out of Proverbs, and it's Proverbs twenty or nineteen twenty through twenty one. The Lord says to listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. A godly counsel, allowing other men and women of God to speak into our lives, helps us to build relationships through prayer, helps us to build relationships through, through building a, a place of communication, a communication channel to where we can be free, where we can be transparent with one another. And we're able to hear testimonies through others in our lives of God setting them free, uh, using us, using to help us as we seek the Lord for each next step of our lives. Godly relationships help bring strength and wisdom for each new building block of our life. It adds the accessories in the physical that are beautiful in God's sight. Listen to counsel and receive instruction. We're going to get a little bit deep into this tonight. I know most of the people sitting on the sound of my voice tonight have been coming here for the past uh, few weeks. Uh, you've, already, you've already been exposed to the other parts of this study. So with relationships, before we move into the next one, boundaries, is probably one of the most important pieces of this study. Relationships, the type of relationships that we form in our life, will set the course of the next stage of your life. See? Some of us, especially as we're growing and we're coming through addictions and we've built a lifestyle, some of us are, are in homes where there's uh, all of these things that's been attached to our life uh, that we feel like we might not be able to escape, whether it's because we've been placed there because of birth, maybe we married into it, maybe we're just trying to help a friend. But it's important for the body of Christ to know what types of relationships that God says is okay to have in our life. Because there's relationships and people that is not okay as a man and a woman of God to have in our close proximity that each and every day that we're communicating with. Why? Because it opens up the door for the enemy to come in and to wreak more havoc in our lives. So one of the things that the enemy never wants you to learn in the house of God is how to set a line. And how to cut certain influences off from our life. Because we think it's so foreign. I see, we're going to go a little bit deep into this relationship aspect. Because true relationship is really formed off from love. But see, love is such a generic word today. Even in the house of the Lord. Especially in the world outside of the church. Love just encompasses just an emotion. It's a tingly, feely thing. 
what we're told to love in the Bible, right? But as we come and we come to know the Lord and we start frequent the house of the Lord, maybe we're, we're coming in the house of the Lord for the first time and we're starting to learn some of these things and we hear this that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, so we go out and as we're seeking the Lord to be recovered in our own life, we start bringing people in. Because we naturally, that's what God does, is He puts a desire in your heart to help touch other people. But in that desire, God has built into His Word certain places that He does not desire for us to go. And this is a difficult message, it's a difficult teaching to bring out because there's so many components to it. And I'm going to do the best that I can tonight, church. Look, I've worked 95 hours this week, man. I haven't hardly slept. I'm tired. But I come, I don't say that to the, oh, poor Jeremiah. No, I just say that because bear with me for a week or two because I'm being stretched beyond limitations right now. But that's not going to keep me from coming into the house of God and being the oracle God, God's called me to be because He's number one. It don't matter what we're doing out there in the world. We can carve out a little bit of time to come in the house of the Lord and help encourage one another because I need to be encouraged myself. Amen. Oh, one thing that has hurt me and has devastated me in this process of my own recovery over the past uh, nine years now is the amount of people that I've ministered to, especially coming through Teen Challenge and even in the church, that after a period of time, maybe a year or two years into their recovery, they come up and they talk to me or maybe they might call me on the phone and say, uh, Jeremiah, I've, got, I've met this person on the street. I met him over here at a certain store. And I felt the Lord just tell me I need to bring him into my house. I need to open up a door for a place for them to be able to, for them to, be able to stay. They're struggling. Oh, maybe struggling with the same things that you've come out of. Oh, and we want to reach out. We want to be that helping hand. And I've watched time and time again because the influence of the enemy is allowed to come back into the home that that same individual fails. And the next thing you know, two months later, I'm getting another phone call, maybe from a family member or the individual trying to seek help getting back into a recovery program. Why? Because there was never any discipleship to help teach said person to be able to know the type of love that God expects for us to be able to express to the world and what real love is and what relationships truly is and the type of relationship that God wants us to form in our life. So as we look at this, a very important scripture that we need to keep on our mind is Proverbs 19, 20, 21 that we just read because this is going to be a foundation for us to come back to of why we should listen to the council of our pastoral leadership. Why would you ever listen to the council of the church, Brother Chad or Eddie or, or whatever church that you go to, a pastoral leader that you've been set under? Because the Word of God says to listen to counsel. We ain't got it all figured out. Oh. I know we like to think that we got it all figured out, especially when we've come through some things sometimes. And God's given us a testimony and we feel that we have things to share. Sometimes we can get so arrogant in our testimony. We can become so prideful that we start cutting off the voice of those around us. 
So when another person, a man of God or woman of God that you've been walking with for a period of time, pulls the brakes one day because of some discussion that you're having or something that you're talking to them about, and they say, well, hold up a minute. I don't know if that's really the best course of action for you to take in this situation right now. Ooh, instantaneously, man, we shut down. The wall comes up. Who do they think they are? What do you mean? They just don't want me to be the expression of God that I'm called to be. How dare they hold me back from being the love of God in the community as I'm called to be? I've had it said to myself. Oh, when you're really just trying to reach out and you're trying to help somebody. Oh, and the very people that you're trying to help are the very ones that say, you know what? I'm going to let you help me in these certain areas, but don't step over here into this area because this is off limits, son. Oh, and we do that with the Lord because when we do it to the council around us, it's a direct correlation of what we do to the Lord because the Lord says that we're to listen to the instruction of the council around us that we may be wise in our latter days. He says that you need to know something, that there's many... Many plans that we have in our heart, nevertheless, the the Lord's counsel, that will stand. That's not only just our counsel and our meditation and prayer and God's word in our personal life, but that's the counsel of the whole laity of the church coming in. You say, well, I don't have much counsel that I go to in my life. Well, that's, that's a problem. Because you see, relationship is part of God's building in our life. Right. See, that's our prayer for Freedom Ministries is for us to form relationships with one another. Right. That we become, become transparent with one another. It's become vulnerable uh, to each other. You see, when we can become vulnerable to each other, and we can become vulnerable to our church, we can become vulnerable to those that's placed around us, It opens up the door for God to move in miraculous ways. Uh, And this is something, the church, that I've struggled with for a lot of years of my life. It's taken a long time for me to even be able to open up to other men to the intensity that I open up now. But I thank God for it because, see... If I kept going my life the way that I was going it, and even though I was trying to seek the Lord and I was coming into places of fellowship, I would never have been able to go through some of the things that come into my path over these past few years to be able to walk through in the victory that God's given me now. Because there's many ideas that I have in my mind when I come up in the situations that I may face, and even with my family, that I have no idea how to be able to figure out on my own. See, some of you sitting in the house of the Lord are going through extreme family situations. Oh, if you're married, some of you may have a husband that's out there running wild. Some may have a wife that's out there running wild. Some may have children that's out there running wild. Oh, it takes a body and a community to be able to help level on us through those things. Oh, we were never meant to carry the burden alone to try to figure out how to live life. Oh, 
We've got a community of people here that want to help to encourage you for next steps in life. But we'll never be able to do that when we're not in fellowship. See? Or some of us, we find one or two people that we want to fellowship with, but everybody else is irrelevant. Okay? It takes a community, church. Oh, this is a community effort. Oh, and I pray that we're able to start moving into that a little more freely. So, godly counsel. Um, Godly counsel is just what he says. Nevertheless, counsel of the Lord. What counsel do you have in your home right now that you're going to go home to tonight? Oh, that's, you know, this, this is something that is uh, so, to, to me, it's so basic now. But it wasn't basic at first. Especially when I first started coming into recovery and that, even coming to Teen Challenge, even after I graduated, was working in the community. Oh, it seemed like I would always gravitate to people that were going through the same struggle as me. So the majority of the counsel I had, I might have had one or two people that I was really connected with as godly counsel that were mentors to me. But the majority of the counsel that I had on my cell phone was people that knew no more than what I did. As a matter of fact, they might have been struggling reaching out to me trying to figure out a way out of the same things. I don't even know my way out myself. So it comes into a thing where people is calling you, you know, and it's instead of it's edifying the Lord and getting direction and people setting boundaries. It's just, yeah, I know how bad it is. I, I understand how bad it is. Oh, and there's no direction out of it. And then we get sucked into these conversations to where we're just talking about events of the world that's going on, talking about government, talking about how broke we are, talking about that we ain't got the right job, talking about this person, talking my my wife is this, my husband's this, and there's no direction. You see, it's the type and the level of counsel that we bring up into our lives is going to determine the next steps. Because it's in that place of, of counsel of the people that we have brought in that's close to us. That has the most voice in our life. And I, I, say, I say this because I know right now that there are several people that I have tried to minister with and have talked to. That right now, they've got people living in their house. That's going no good direction. Oh, and I just want to say this because in that there is a great compromise there that we might not see in the very moment. But look, man, if you're trying to come out of alcohol, drug, and sexual addiction, why in the world would you have an alcoholic and a drug addict and a, and a, and a, and a pervert or a porn addict living in your house with you? Why in the world? How in the world do you ever expect to be set free when the very council that you're trying to come, when the very bondage you're trying to come out of lives right in the next room? These churches, these things we gotta talk about. Cause this is catastrophic. Oh. We can't have the council of darkness and the council of light in the same place. You say, well, now this opens up a door to a whole other thing because what if you're married and what if, you're, what if your husband is caught 
and addiction, and you're the only one trying to seek the Lord. What if it's the other way around that you're, that you're, uh, that your wife, that you're in the house of the Lord and you're trying to seek freedom, but yet you have a spouse that has come in and that's going the opposite direction and that you're trying to minister with. Those are very difficult situations. But the Lord has counsel for every one of those situations that we come up against. And as we start to know the Word and as we start to open up ourselves to the counsel of the ministry around us, then we can know better of how to be able to navigate through those things. In marriage, marriage is holy. Oh, there's, and I, I, I can't, I can't begin to explain to you how many people that have come in the Teen Challenge that we minister with, that to come to the door of Teen Challenge, and the next thing you know, the marriage has fallen completely to pieces, and they throw away 10 or 15 years. And there's nobody there setting the line, saying, well, hold up a minute. Because you see, for the love of God to truly be in us, then there's a level of maturity and a level of patience for those that we are brought into our care that we are called to stand beside. As a husband, as a wife, we're called to stand beside our spouse. We took an oath, for better or for worse, right? We don't just throw relationship away just because it's not going our direction. Now there is, on the flip side of that, you know, which we won't get into tonight, there is through God's Word that there is instruction on marriage uh, where there can be uh, a divorce. But for the majority of, of situations that you face in the church, the only reason why it comes to that is because the other person has not been instructed and biblically enough to be able to stand the process of time. So it very quickly falls apart. Especially in recovery. Oh, there's, there's many times, especially, I would say probably 75% of the time, you don't have both the husband and wife in active addiction. It's either one or the other. Very rarely is it both. So in that, you've got children that's growing up in a home that's broken, that's seeing all these things, oh, that they're witnessing all this deterioration of, uh, of marriage, of, of a father, of a mother. And I understand all those things because I've experienced it myself. I stand up here a divorced man. Oh, I went through all those things. You know, one reason why I went through them is because I didn't have anyone in my corner at the time saying, hey, hold up. What do you mean? You're just getting ready to throw away 10 or 12 years of a relationship. Oh, what do you mean you're just going to lay down and say, okay, this is what the other person wants, but I wasn't able to take a stand and to be able to help fight for something that I loved. Knowing that God has had mercy on me and He has helped me and He has been gracious to me through my failing. But it is in that failing that I experienced some of the most pain in my life. 
And I say that because my oldest daughter is in the house of the Lord tonight. Oh. And I know that there's things that she has, has suffered and have went through as a result of my failure. Oh. We can't change the past, but we can change the future. You see, I can't go back and change all the things that I've done. I wish I could, but I can't. So I'm going to use those things and those failures to be the very catalyst to stomp Satan on the head with. It's the very things that I failed at that I want to help bring strength to another that maybe I didn't have someone standing there to be the strength of the Lord for me. Jesus. And I feel like that there's people that's in the house of the Lord all over the world that's struggling, that come into recovery ministries time and time again in the, in the very thing that God intended to bring together because He's a relational God. God is relationship. Is the very thing that the majority of the church house just lets crumble down to nothing. And we say it's okay to not fight for it and to let it go. It's not okay just to throw your marriage in the trash can. Fight for it. It's not okay just to throw your kids in the trash can because there's no relationship being formed there. Fight for it. How bad do you want it? Fight for it. You say, I'm trying to fight to the best of my ability, but nothing seems to change. Do what you can today. Start becoming a man and woman, a husband and a wife, a God that God's calling you to be, to be consistent in today so that tomorrow can be changed. See, I've had a lot of inconsistency in my life. There's things that I still struggle with being consistent in, but I'm growing more and more by the day. But I know that today I can stand before you as a testimony of the Lord I say, I'm not just going to let the enemy railroad my life and my family anymore. I've been striving for a number of years to start asking God to help put pieces back together. Well, He hadn't just put pieces back together that's been broken apart because of sin. And if we're always striving for the piece to be put in the fit right, we'll never do anything for God. We'll never go to the next level and the next step spiritually because we're constantly trying to focus on something that's out of our control that we can't change. Only God can change it. Relationship. Listening to counsel is going to be imperative in these next steps of your journey, whether you're here at Wellspring, whether you're coming to Freedom Ministries, whether you're going to Teen Challenge, no matter what place, the gathering, I don't care what CR group that you go into, it doesn't matter where you are. If you never learn how to build godly and healthy relationships, you'll never go further than where you are right now. Relationships is a place of honorability. To come into that place of honorability is very difficult for us because some things are so private in our life. They now, there's scripture that says we don't cast our pearl before swine. Oh, so there is a level of discernment that comes that we have to have of when we start building these relationships. Godly. What's a godly relationship look like? 
I got a couple of things that I just want to put in your mind tonight of what to look for. Look for when you're looking for a godly relationship or counsel or mentor. Look for consistency. Somebody that has time under their belt. I'm not talking about just six months or a year and I'm ready to blow a trail through Evansville, Madisonville and Henderson and set people three through the power of God. I'm talking about men and women that's been going through years of consistency of walking with the Lord that has not turned back. Why? Because in time, God reveals everything. Time is the greatest measure of a man. You could say of a man, of a woman, of a mother, of a husband. Time. I want people pouring into my life on a level of that, that I need when I'm seeking help or direction when I don't know the answer that has more time than me. Amen? It's got more time walking this thing out than me. They say, hey brother... Because I need, you need experience. Experience speaks volumes. It's hard for us to be able to receive from someone that hadn't experienced any more than we have. See, so if we keep our fellowship just around recovery groups, CR groups, teen challenge groups, and we never branch outside of recovery groups, you know why NA and AA fail and is one of the most miserable failures on the face of the earth for recovery? It's because it's the same. The, the council never goes higher than the addict. And they come in and we declare addiction over our life every week. Hello, my name is Bob. I'm an addict. Come on, man. I'm not an addict anymore. I don't want to be an addict. I've been set free. Jesus. And then we get a sponsor in the AA or NA group or even some, and, and we get a sponsor that's had no more time and walking freedom. They just finished the 10 or 12 steps. Their marriage is falling apart. Their kids are ripped out of their life. They don't know what it looks like to build and be able to bridge relationship together and broken families. They're still struggling themselves. Come on, man. We got to come past some of these things, but nobody wants to talk about it because it's all about love, right? Everything's just all, all about love. It is about love, but the right kind of love. It's God's love. And to have God's love, we got to have God's boundaries. We got to have His word in our heart to know what love is. So we can actually be a vessel of love. And for us to experience God's love on the levels of each and every one of us want to experience Him in our lives. Relationships is a key component of God's grace being built more and working freedom in our life to take the power control of the enemy. Without godly relationships... You can have all the forgiveness, all the obedience in the world, and you can be the most thankful individual that ever hit the planet. Unless you're being connected to other people, it stops at you. And then what do you do when you come up against the brick wall? Because we're all going to come there. Pastor Chad will hit a brick wall. I'm sure he's got ministers that minister to him on a more level up. We've all got counsel 
and ministers that we look to, ain't none of us figured it out, church. We're all at work in progress, going, we hope, the same direction. But who you have in your close proximity is going to determine a lot. And I just want to encourage you tonight. Oh, that if that's you and you realize that there is things in your home right now that's causing you conflict, maybe it's time to look at some of those things. And some of those individuals start making the move that you need to make in order for God to take you to the next step. You say, well, I wonder why I can't ever break free from this, man. Well, maybe you're sleeping with the same spirit every night. Maybe he's right there in the next room on the computer doing his thing. Maybe he's got the bottle cracked open or smoking the crack pipe two doors down under the same roof. It's spiritual, church. Oh, we got to break off the spirit of addiction. It's a spirit. Spirits become attached to a person. Not just a not a dog. They come. They get attached to people, and it's demonic influence that's around that helps drive that spirit. And when we're seeking to come out of bondage, it's it's imperative that we grab a hold of the fact that we've got to cut ourselves off from the spirit. How I have always counseled with marriage is, is yeah, say. Don't throw the marriage in the trash can. But at the same time, you better learn how to set a boundary. You know what? You ain't going to do this in my house. You can pack your stinking bags. You can go down to the homeless shelter if you need to. But you will not keep doing the same things under my roof and infest in my home. And if you want to sleep in my bed, there better be a level of coming up. You better get some help. In the moment you decide to start getting some help, then maybe we can start talking again. I ain't not going to go down the courthouse and start signing papers, but I'm telling you right now, here's a boundary. Yeah. Oh, say, whoo, that's a hard boundary to set. We do it with our kids. I'm going to tell you right now, there's not going to be a child in my house smoking dope in my house. Why? Because it's my house. It's the Lord's. Because it's my house, it's the Lord's house. Amen. And we got to set a boundary even for those that we love. One of the hardest things that there would be to be is to set that, is to set that boundary in a godly way, but there has to be the line. You see? And that's where a true relationship really begins to be formed. Because you see, even in the recovery ministry, I know this is a recovery ministry, in the community and the church, but in an intensive discipleship ministry, here's what I found. When you set the line and the boundary, for one, it ruffles feathers and usually a lot of people don't like it and a lot of people leave. But here on the flip side, you're fine. Most times, they're calling to come back. Why? Because they experience something there. But they never experience anywhere else in the world. They experience what true love is. They know somebody cares enough about them to set a line. Because you see, as addicts, we really desire to be led. 
Say, oh man, I'm a man, man. I got, I'm a man's man. You know where I come from, what I do every day? I'm not, come on, man. Then why are you running around with a leash tied to you, getting drug all over Evansville and Henderson by the next dope man that comes with the next fix? If we don't desire to be led. If we're such a leader, why ain't we leading our own life? But even if we was to come to a place we're able to lead outside of that bondage, only true freedom comes from being led by Christ. Because you see, without His counsel, there is no freedom. Because He's the author of freedom. Hey, Jesus. Relationship. This is going to move into our next study on boundaries, but we may be on relationship for another week. Because what I would desire... Excuse me. If we do this week, and us as a group, is to put down on paper the people, the contacts that you have that you spend the most time on the phone with. Text. I keep forgetting about this thing. Right. Text. Whether it's oh, social media, Facebook, Messenger, what social platform that you're on. What has the most of your attention? Who has the most of your attention? And how much God is in it? Oh. And then let's start putting down on, on a paper this week. Because see, sometimes we can go through it in our, in our mind, but there's something different about writing things down. Because writing it down is black and white. It's a reality. We can say, oh, I don't talk to Susie. Want me to come over and hang out and do the wild thing. Only couple hours this week when really it's been about 10 hours you've been over the house three times uh, or Bob not you Bob maybe somebody else how about I don't even know what name we don't have in the house you know when we start actually looking at it for what it really is and we start putting these things down then You'd be surprised how God can work in that to say, hey, maybe this is conversations that I'm having throughout the week that's taken me no good direction. We start backing out of those things. And then we start adding the correct counsel, the counsel of God in, a godly relationships and, friend, and friendships. It's time to start breaking away from things and people of the past that may be ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, that may be. I, it's a whole gamma of, of things. But people where the conversation's not centered around God say, now, you're going to have those conversations throughout the week because you can't live life without being around people that's broken. But how much time are you entertaining in those things? And if you're not in a place of freedom yourself right now, how in the world... Are you going to be able to minister freedom to another? Take the time right now and just step back and focus on yourself for a little while. You say, oh, that's it. The scripture says that we're to go out and we're to blaze a trail and we're to minister to the world. Yeah, after we've been set free. In the process of being set free as we come up alongside of others, through relationship, and we can take part in things that we're able to be able to handle and we're able to take part in. But when we start putting too much 
at the beginning stages. It sets up the stage. Now hear me. Because I know some of you are involved in things and have in ministry activities, which is, which is wonderful. Don't go past where you're at right now. Because spiritual pride or arrogance sets in and say, this is something that I'm able to do and to handle when you're struggling with things yourself right now. Allow those around you to come in to be a helpmate, to be a help encourage you so you can walk more in the freedom of the Lord. And then we together can be connected to people to where you can start learning ministry. The right way to be able to minister and to have the grace and the compassion and the love of the Lord around you to be able to help you through your time of struggle. Amen. I say that in the most loving spirit that I can possibly, because I do love you. Um, But I've seen so many times good men and women that truly want to be on fire for the Lord step out too soon into things and start dealing with things on a daily basis and counsel and all of this. And the next thing you know, they're still trying to put things back together that's been fractured for years of their life as God's restoring. And they, they take their mind eye off from the immediate and the now of the home that God's still trying to bring together to solidify, to make strong. And we start peering into the homes of others and we neglect our own house and it falls to the ground. All in the name of a good work. And there's uh, many ministry opportunities to be connected with in the community all around Evansville, Henderson, Madisonville. And I know uh, that there is a good group of men and women that truly love the Lord that I believe has walked with the Lord long enough to be that type of counsel for each and every one of us. And we've been blessed to be in the area that we are in. And I just want to open up your, your mind and your heart to be able to start connecting with some of these people. Um, and at the same time as we are connecting, that we don't neglect the relationship that's under our roof right now. Um, I said, we've, uh, me and my wife just bought a house here in Evansville. And uh, we're in the process of working and doing some things, you know, to that. And we've been... Been pressed a little bit over this past couple of weeks. And uh, it seems like for a number of years there's been a lot of pressing. Uh, because there's been a lot of bondage from my life in the past that's had to be dealt with. And trying to have tried to come out from underneath of And the Lord's been gracious to me. Extreme financial burdens. All of those things I understand. Maybe not understand right where you are. But I understand the, the pressure. And in all of that, God showed me something. Um, When I first started this journey, really started getting deep into the Word of God about building a strong home. Like, you have no ministry outside of your home. If your home's not together, you don't have anything to be able to offer out here. When the home's broken and it's fragmented and it's in turmoil and there's no peace, we can't blaze a trail and fire all around speaking the life and peace of the Lord and something that we don't have under our own roof. He's like, so stop. This is what I want you to invest your time in right now. 
And we go through seasons, church. And in recovery, you will go through long seasons sometimes of restoration. Those seasons can be very difficult. But the Scripture says that if we do not stop, if we don't quit progressing, doing good and working for the Lord, that we will reap a harvest. And there will come a time in your life when you start reaping things for the seeds that you're sowing right now. And it's that consistency. Consistency comes to the Lord in large part by the right relationships that we form. The godly relationships will help keep you consistent with the counsel of the Lord. And men and women of God that's walked the walk of faith, that's able to help speak a word of encouragement into our life at just the right time that we need it. But you never have that coming in if you don't reach out. And when we reach out, we need to make sure that we're reaching out to the right place and to the right people. Oh, oh, keep those things in your mind of who that uh, your counsel that you're opening up to. One, make sure they've been consistent in the things of God long enough. And make sure that they're actually walking the walk, man. Take a, take a little bit of time. No, you're, you're no, those people. Anyone can come in and say anything. <coughs> Bible thumped the pulpit all day long. And then you find out that they're really not living the life. They come into recovery ministries all the time. Oh, you can go grab a sponsor right now down to local AA and NA group. They're saying all the right things here, but they're, they're struggling Monday morning. Oh, we all have our struggle. Make sure it's not the same struggle that you're still dealing with. Oh, and that there's been a process of time that they come through. Oh, it's going to be imperative for the next steps. And uh, if you will, if you work with me this week, that we... Uh, We take the time this week to just start going through our phones. Start going through our mass media accounts. It's time we start peering in and start cutting some things off that's taking too much of our time and our attention. And then after we start cutting those things off, let's start building the right contacts in. And I know it took me a long time to get to this place because my mind is all over the place tonight and I apologize. Oh, but... I think we got where we needed to be. And this is what's been on my heart. And um, I hadn't done this before, but I wanted to honor my daughter Leah tonight. And just for the woman of God that she's becoming. And uh, to just encourage her to keep going and pressing toward the mark. And that's... This, is, uh, this has been a fruit that has been brought into my life. Over almost nine years of striking the the nail the same way, but just to build a home, you know, and to be consistent in the things of God long enough, church. If you're consistent long enough, there'll be a door open. And there's still many more doors and restoration to bring. But I just want to stand before you tonight to say, don't give up. Because a decade's a long time. And it's, 
And in a decade, you can lose hope. Hope. Build the right people around your church to, to go the distance. If you're struggling coming out from underneath the things, broken family, God has the power to change it. Oh. And I just want to take a few minutes tonight to ask if there's anyone that has any prayer request. Oh, we'd like to we'd like to be able to pray with you. Oh, if you're going through a hard time, you're struggling right now, you don't know which way to go. Oh, um, I don't know what it is, but we we want to take the time to be able to seek the Lord with you and to just bless you and encourage you before we leave tonight.